welcome to the Legal Merry-Go-Round, where you can learn to avoid the downs and savor the ups. Here, 40-year veteran attorney Paul Samico will entertain you and help you understand the law in areas we might all face. Brushes with the police? Oh boy. Family disputes? Oh no. An injury and accident situations? Ouch. And now, here's Paul. Hi, Paul Samico here, your host of the Legal Merry-Go-Round, where I always want you to avoid the downs and savor the ups, both in your personal life and with respect to your involvement with the law. That's right. You can have good days and bad days, so I'm offering up here for you a little bit of advice you know, think about the good days and forget about the bad. And if the bad are that bad, do something about it. But when it comes to the law, thank you for listening here because I'm going to guide you on the path. As you know, if you've been a listener, today is Friday, Fender Bender Fridays, where I'm going to talk about injury and accident stuff. And so Fender Bender, of course, revolves around car crashes and things like that. And that's not exactly where I'm going today, but this is an encompassing title to include injury type cases. And I'm going to talk today about injuries, injuries inflicted by bouncers at bars and restaurants. Have you been to a bar? Have you been to a restaurant? Well, of course you have. Have you ever seen the bouncers? These guys fit two molds. The first is they are you know, bigger than football linemen, and you don't want to get anywhere near them. Or there's these little guys who are skilled in the martial arts, kung fu, karate, that kind of thing. And uh, you don't want to mess with these people either. So before I get into the two cases today, there's a big case and there's a little case. I'm going to tell you about a big case and a little case where people got hurt as a result of uh, confrontations and, and involvement with bouncers. When I take a break, I'm going to come back and tell you what happened, the results of these cases in the courtroom, where the people that got involved with these bouncers got hurt and sued for damages. They sued for money damages to compensate them for their injuries and such. But before I get there, I just want to point out to you that if you have subscribed to my show, I can't say thank you enough, all the love to you. You can do that by going to most of the places where you listen to podcasts, and you can do that on my website, thelegalmerrygoround.com. And you should go to my website. Why should you do that? Because you can download free reports that I think you and your family and your pastor and your butcher and your mother and your girlfriend and your boyfriend, they may like them. So go to the Legal Merry-Go-Round, please, .com, legalmerrygoround.com, and you can subscribe, you can get free stuff. So let's talk about, let's talk about the little case first. This happened in Baltimore, right up the street from where I live. I'm in the Washington DC area. We have a, a guy who goes to a bar and, um, well, uh, there's an altercation. Uh, it results in what are described in the, uh, the report of this case that I have, serious lacerations to the, uh, the, the young man's face. He claimed that the bouncer struck him with a flashlight. 
Okay, hands weren't enough. Was the guy rowdy? What was going on? The plaintiff went into this beach club in Baltimore, and before he even got his first drink, uh, he got into some kind of verbal confrontation with the bouncer. Uh, The bouncer had a third-degree black belt. So as this unfortunate story unfolds, and as you can certainly imagine, before long, the verbal confrontation escalated and punches are being thrown. Uh, The allegation against the bouncer is that the bouncer took what is called a mag flashlight and beat the young man plaintiff about the head. The plaintiff said the blows were significant enough to leave an imprint of the flashlight embedded in his flesh. Well, okay. The bouncer is charged and found guilty of assault. Now, that's the criminal case, if you understand this. What I'm talking about is the civil case. There's a difference. Crimes, you get punished. You could be fined, and you have to pay that money into the state. There might be restitution ordered where you have to give the money or some money to uh, the victim. Uh, Crimes, you get punished. You could go to jail, lose your liberty. Civil cases, on the other hand, can be connected where you can claim compensation against those who hurt you. And in this particular case, I need to take a step back and explain this for those who you know, want to understand this and for those who don't. A civil case against a bouncer who is probably some guy who lives in a one-bedroom apartment and doesn't have a lot of money is really pointless because you could win a lot of money, but where are you going to collect it from if he doesn't have any money? So you sue the establishment, you sue the the bar, you sue the bar's owners, you sue the restaurant and the restaurant owners, wherever this occurred. And this is called vicarious liability. What that means is that because the bouncer was working for the bar or the restaurant, they are responsible vicariously for the bouncer's actions. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in the in the big case. This is the little case with the the with the mag flashlight uh, pushed into uh, this this patron's face. So the gentleman bouncer, if you will, call him a gentleman, a third degree black belt, found guilty of assault, had to do some time behind bars. The plaintiff alleges that uh, he was not in any way, shape, or form responsible, that he didn't start the fight, that the bouncer just had you know, no reason to start picking on him. Well, that wasn't exactly the case, but uh, the bouncer says that he acted in self-defense after the plaintiff started the fight. He claimed that the plaintiff hit him in the head with a beer bottle Uh, The plaintiff, of course, denies this. The bouncer says, I didn't use a flashlight during this altercation. Another bouncer hit the guy with a flashlight. Now, interestingly enough, 
during the criminal case against the bouncer, the transcript shows that the bouncer admitted using the flashlight. So when this information was shown to the jury in the civil case, the bouncer's credibility sank to, you got it, zero. I'm going to come back after the break, and I'm going to tell you what the result of this case was, this lawsuit against the bouncer and the restaurant. Okay, so here's the bigger case. This is, this is, a, this is very upsetting. This was a case that uh, was in Miami, Miami, Florida. A young man, 22 years old, goes into this beach club with a friend during a winter break. Um, They had spent New Year's Eve at this club. About 5 a.m., they became separated. And this particular young man, uh, his name is Adlan. Adlan goes outside of the club so that he can send a text message to his friend whom he got separated from you know, hey, hey, dude, where are you? I'm now outside, you know, come on out. It's five o'clock in the morning. Let's, uh, let's make tracks, you know, get home, go have some breakfast, do whatever. So while Adlan is standing outside, Cody, a security guard at the club, confronts him and the two exchange words. So Cody, who is six feet, four inches tall, 265 pounds, about a foot taller than Adlan and about 100 pounds heavier than Adlan, then all of a sudden, according to all the information, yanks him out onto the sidewalk. A fight, if you will call it that, ensues because, you know, again, the the plaintiff, this guy Adlan, really has no basis or ability, not a basis, has really no ability to fight or to fight back. Um, Cody, the bouncer, Uh, punched Adlan in the face, no provocation. Adlan falls backwards and strikes his head on the sidewalk. The bouncer, Cody, leaves him unconscious on the ground and walks away. Nice guy, right? Adlan's friend finds him soon after that and calls for medical help. Adlan falls into a coma. And he was rushed to the hospital where doctors performed emergency surgery to repair numerous skull fractures and a brain hemorrhage, a brain bleed. Parents come to uh, the hospital to, of course, you know, see what's going on and to pray for their son. He does awake from, comes out of the coma three months later. He has permanent brain damage. He had to relearn how to walk relearn how to talk, and to this day still requires assistance with bathing, toileting, and other daily activities. He continues to attend physical speech therapy and occupational therapy every week, but because of the extent and permanency of his injury, uh, doctors have suggested it's unlikely he's ever going to return to his pre-injury level uh, of function. Adlan has medical bills at the time of the trial that were about $1.4 million. And there was a projection of obvious additional 
money being needed for unspecified future expenses and life care costs. So what does that mean? That means that in addition to the cost of needed medical care that'll come in the future, life care costs, things that you have to spend money on to help this guy navigate through life. These are all partial things that can be considered in awarding damages. The bouncer was arrested and charged with battery and he's serving time. The parents and Adlan sue the bouncer, sue the bar, sue the restaurant, you know, the nightclub. Uh, and I'm going to tell you what happens when we come back after the break. But I want to explain one more legal thing because it's important. I talked about in the smaller case and the explanation about vicarious liability. Here, the concept also was brought out as a defense that um, the bar claimed against its employee bouncer. They were explaining and defending that he was not acting within the scope of his employment, meaning that, okay, yes, he was our bouncer, he was our employee, but what he did, that's got nothing to do with his duties as a bouncer. And we, the bar, we're not responsible. He wasn't acting within the scope of his employment. You know, Adlan was not, uh, you know, this guy was not in the bar. He was outside. He wasn't rowdy in the bar. You know, we needed, we needn't, didn't need to get him out. This is unprovoked criminal attack by one guy against another. And the one guy, even though, yes, he's our employee, wasn't acting as our employee at the time he did this. So is that going to be a good defense for the bar in this case? I am going to share all that when we come back after the break. Don't go too far. I promise I am going to get to the second half after the break, but I wanted to share this with you. This is, um, this is a real um, um, wolf story couple divorcing, they're in a mediation, and it takes them about 30 minutes to agree and split up all their personal property, their retirement accounts, the real property, including the house that they own together, custody and visitation arrangements for their six-month-old child. The rest of the day, about nine more hours in mediation, paying for lawyers paying for the mediator, was spent arguing about how to split the time with the dog. Right, the dog. Nine hours. For the child, they put into their agreement that it would be based upon the party's uh, agreement. But the dog had a strict calendared schedule working out holidays and pick-up and drop-off times. Uh... Okay, for the man, the dog is a man's best friend. I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, that's the that's the that's the problem with uh, love deteriorating. I guess everything is uh, just crazy. Okay, it's break time here on the merry-go-round. We want to give you value. So, do you need an attorney for an injury case? 
or a criminal matter, or something involving family law? Mr. Samico has the answer for you. Go to our podcast website, www.thelegalmerrygoround.com. Again, that's thelegalmerrygoround.com, and click on the referrals tab. Then, either fill out the form or call the telephone number where you can leave a detailed message that Mr. Samico will pick up, and you'll get a response with a referral to an excellent attorney in your area within eight business hours. And the referral is free, no charge to you for this referral. So again, if you're looking for a lawyer that meets the highest standards, Paul is going to hook you up. And every attorney he refers to meets the highest standards, and Paul has checked them out for you. If you like what you're hearing from him during these shows, you know he's going to take care of you. So go to thelegalmerrygoround.com. And now, back to the show. Okay, so we're back. So we had the the big case and the little case, or the little case and the big case. The the little case uh, is the one I talked about first. We're going to talk about this guy who goes to the bar in Baltimore, gets into a confrontation with the bar's bouncer, and the bouncer hits this guy with a flashlight, a mag flashlight, uh, beat him about the head. The bouncer charged and convicted, found guilty with the criminal matter, goes to jail for some period, don't know how long. Uh, but that's not the focus of this discussion. The discussion is money, compensation, messed up face. The uh, the lacerations to the plaintiff's face and head and lip required 15 staples in his head to close the laceration and eight stitches or staples, if you will, to uh, his face and lip area. He's unable to eat for an entire week. Uh, medical bills, interestingly enough, were only about $200 that he was claiming in his lawsuit against the bar. And he asked the jury for $175,000 in damages to compensate him for the disruption of his life, his suffering, his pain, and punitive damages. Now, the jury came back uh, and awarded this guy 15000 nine hundred dollars uh which part was three thousand dollars for his past suffering his pain this gentleman's life being disrupted they gave him the award of the two hundred dollars for the medical bills that he incurred and twelve thousand seven hundred dollars in punitive damages a total again verdict for this uh victim of this bouncer smashing him with a flashlight, total verdict, $15,900. Well, okay, doesn't seem like a lot of money to me. Um, I think the verdict was tempered, and again, I obviously did not speak to the jurors. When I have cases, I love to go talk to the jurors and see what their thinking was, even if Um, you know, I'm ecstatic with the result. I still want to know. I like to just find out what jurors are thinking. 
So I didn't get a chance. Obviously, it wasn't my case. This was in Baltimore. But what were the jurors thinking? I think on some level, they found that the the plaintiff here had some responsibility. So if they had determined that that was the case uh, completely, they could have denied him anything because in the law in Maryland, they have uh, what is called a contributory negligence uh, standard, which means that if you contribute to your injuries, even 1%, you get nothing. That's pretty harsh. There's only five places in the United States that have that. Three of them are right here where I practice law, Maryland, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. But it's harsh. So I don't think they actually came to a finding that this young man contributed. But on the other hand, I'm guessing that might have been in the backs of their minds, and so they didn't give him enough money. $15,900 for you know, what happened to this kid, You know, the face being messed up and all that. Well, okay, we're going to move on. Uh, we're going to go to the second case, the big case. You remember this. This is the, the uh, Miami New Year's Eve celebration. Adlan and his buddy go to the bar and get separated, give or take about 5 a.m. Adlan can't find his buddy, goes outside, has a confrontation with a bouncer who's, you know, almost, uh, you know, a foot taller and... Uh, a hundred pounds heavier, the bouncer, a real prize, uh, hits the guy. The guy, uh, Adlan, falls to the ground, hits his head, goes into a coma for three months, permanent brain injury as a result of a brain bleed, all measure of, of money that had been spent and that's going to be need, needed to be spent um, in the future. The question was whether or not the bar is responsible. Is the bar responsible? And and the question arises because the bar's claim is that they're not because this bouncer, this guy, well, you know, he wasn't doing anything in furtherance of his job. He was not protecting the bar. He wasn't protecting the patrons. He was outside, right outside of a side door of the bar. And he confronts Adlan, or they have conversation, confrontation, who knows what happened. There was only the two of them, and Adlan was in a coma and couldn't describe what happened. His memory was was obviously, uh, you know, uh, submarined. So the explanation simply comes from the bouncer as to what happened. And, you know, he threw up some some hogwash about, you know, how this, this guy who's 100 pounds lighter and uh, a foot shorter uh, was was attacking him. Nobody believed that. The bouncer was found guilty and put into jail in the criminal case. But the case, again, for the civil revolves around whether the bouncer is now under the umbrella, if you will, of the bar, acting within the scope of his employment or not. And many of these bouncer cases, security guard cases, they, they revolve around this. And so clearly, if this had been a situation where the bouncer no longer working, not on the paycheck, not, you know, not on, the, on the clock, not getting a paycheck right now for doing anything, he goes you know, five blocks down the road to the convenience store to buy 
some Hostess cupcakes and, uh, you know, a, a, a bottle of chocolate milk and he finds some guy there and he just beats him up. Well, no, that's got nothing to do with his job. But here it's connected. It's connected to the bar, the restaurant, the beach club down there in Miami. And a jury found absolutely that this was within the scope of employment. The bar is responsible. Yes, uh, this is just unprovoked, but nonetheless still responsible uh, for uh, the bar is responsible for this. Interestingly enough, the evidence came out that the bouncer was employed by the bar and the bar's owners in, in a capacity as a security guard in several of the owner, the bar owner's restaurants and bars across the city down there in Miami. So, uh, Clearly, just, you know, a, a very sad case. Uh, the case settled. I'm going to tell you the amount in a moment. It actually, uh, uh, it, it came out that the nightclub owners had virtually given this guy no training. Um, they didn't give him any uh, restraints on the amount of physical force that would be allowed to be used against patrons. Um Witnesses came in and testified that Adlan, of course, I mean, you could just look at it. You didn't need testimony, posed no threat to the bouncer and had not provoked him. Now, I don't know. Again, I didn't read the entire transcript, but from what I understood, it was just the two of them outside. So I don't know how witnesses could come in and say that Adlan didn't provoke him, but nonetheless. Okay, well, drum roll, please. The case ultimately settles for $5 million. Okay, you know, that's pretty decent. Uh, I think perhaps could have been more. This is a young man, 22, 23 years old. Hopefully he's going to live a long life, but in a very uh, a diminished capacity. So $5 million is a lot of money. Uh, on the other hand, uh, it wouldn't upset me if it was 10 or 15 or even $20 million. What is the moral of this discussion today for you, my friends? Do you go to bars? Of course you do. It's a fun place. Do you go to restaurants? Even more fun places. Good food. Excellent. Have a good time. Enjoy. But you know what? Just stay away from bouncers. Some of these people are just absolutely crazy. Now, that's not to say there aren't fine bouncers who are not crazy and they do their job and they do it well and they know how to do it. Many of them are off-duty police invest, uh, police uh, officers, police sergeants. Uh, you know, they have a second job or they're retired from police and they know what to do and how to do to the extent that they were good police. But well, you just don't need any conversation with them. You don't need any contact you know, if you're in one of these places, control yourself. Don't get loud. Don't do stupid things. Go in, enjoy yourself, enjoy your friends. Don't drink too much because if you're drinking too much, who knows, maybe you're going to get rowdy. So control yourself and be good and have a good time. And like I always tell everybody when they listen to me here, avoid the downs and savor the ups. So thank you for listening to Fender Bender Friday on the Legal Merry-Go-Round. 
on Monday. It is again this coming Monday, Marital Monday. I hope you're going to come in and we're going to share information about family law, that kind of thing, and some of the things that happen in the and, and inside and an outside of the the family unit and the family house, where there are people who unfortunately are experiencing sometimes the downs, that merry-go-round ride, up and down and up and down. Go to the uh, website, folks, www.thelegalmerry-go-round. You can get free stuff. See you on Monday. Have a good weekend. Thanks for listening to The Legal Merry-Go-Round. We hope you enjoyed our show. Tune in next time to get a better understanding of real-life legal situations.